This episode is brought to you by the Star Wars card trading app from Tops. This is like the classic Tops card. Yeah, it's it's like classic card collecting, card trading. Tops has been doing Star Wars cards since the seventies, so mm-hmm. like the app has all of the retro cards made from scans of the original seventies stuff up through Episode Seven. So you collect cards, you open packs up, mm-hmm. you share them with your friends and stuff. If you go to tops.com slash thumbs, uh, you can sign up. Right now, you get five or more packs a day just for logging in. How do you spell that? T-O-P-P-S dot com slash thumbs. Nice. Tops thumbs is, a, <laughs> is good. April 8th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 205. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. And I'm Nick Brecken. If only. I know, man. I wish. really hope this is somebody's first episode and they'll be confused for life now. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm not Nick Brecken. I'm just sitting near a painting of Nick Brecken. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since it was uh, this, this three-ver. Yeah. I think. I don't remember doing it yeah. recently. This is like a, what, version 2.0 classic? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, welcome new, new <laughs> listeners. This, this is this actually podcast. this is actually apropos because before we get into the the podcast that we're actually doing, we are also the same three people who are on a new podcast that we just launched yesterday, um, or by the time you hear this, I guess a, a couple days ago, uh, called "The End of Mad Men," which we are going to be releasing weekly, following each airing of the final episodes of AMC's uh, drama "Mad Men," um, which is ending in. Next month, I guess. Yeah, series, you, series finale, I if guess. If you listened to Idle Thumbs back when the first half of Mad Men Season 7 was on almost a year ago now, um, you either were really excited by or annoyed by or, I guess, ambivalent towards the fact that we kept talking about Mad Men at the end of every episode during that run. And now we just... Yeah, so actually... It's now its own show. Yeah, so. there were several readers who uh, explicitly requested that we t- that we spin that non-segment off into a real podcast uh and so now we've done that and you can listen to it in our first episode covering the first uh, i guess the first of the last the one that aired the episode the, that aired yeah. last sunday yep is up and you can listen to it um it'd be awesome if you subscribe to it on itunes mm-hmm. we want to be the best Mad Men podcast and we actually have that in our grasp right now it's possible <laughs> there are a bunch of Mad Men podcasts on itunes right now but we could be the best one we currently we're, are the best we're, one. We're, we're the second art. best one right now. Second best. But we, yeah, we're the Mad Men podcast that uh, is called The End of Mad Men. It does not have a picture of Don Draper sitting down. So if you're subscribed to a Mad Men podcast whose album art is Don Draper in a chair. <laughs> it is inferior. It's the wrong one. Look for <laughs> ours. It's got like a picture of a building. It's well, There's like only two other ones that have a building and a perspective logo. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, end of the, uh, yeah, you can go to endofmadmen.com and find all that, that stuff. So video games. How about those? I have been playing... Well, I played a bunch of... Um, did, did you get... I know that I talked about Captain Forever like a few months ago on the podcast. Have you have either of you guys ever played Captain Forever? I have not Forever? played it. and It sounded intriguing at the time and I've completely forgotten what it is. Yeah. Okay. So I'll... I'll there's, a, there's a new like entry in what I now realize is actually a fairly wide-ranging series of games called Captain Forever. 
and the new one is called Captain Forever Remix, and it's basically the original Captain Forever, but just totally rebuilt from scratch by different people um, than the guy who originally made it. So, so use... it's like um, Binding of Isaac Rebirth? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's kind of like that. It feels... I like what this is more than I got into Rebirth, even though I know people really like Rebirth, and I know that it was good, a good and necessary thing to happen. To me, the art in Rebirth felt less cool, whereas the art in... The, the original Captain Forever, it's like Asteroids-style art, like Atari Battlezone, like Asteroids mm-hmm. type of sort of line art. It is really cool like looking. vector system stuff? Yeah, it looks like vector system stuff. Um, it's it's cool looking, but Captain Forever Remix is just a completely, totally different approach. It's like Cartoon Network-style, like high-quality um, line art animation. Uh, and it, it looks re- – it's really attractive. It looks really nice. Um and uh, it was actually made by uh, my buddy Dean Tate, who oh. I had nothing to do with this. I, I did the music for his previous game, but I, I was absolutely unreli- unconnected to this. For the all. unrelated Captain Bubblenut. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. He only yeah. works on the Didn't Captain series. It occurred to series. me that he works on. Yeah. God, speaking of Captain series. So I <laughs> was in the Captain's Lounge. And yeah. The, so were you really? Is that where the story is going? No. You being in a captain's lounge of like the American Airlines, like no, I I go to the Admirals Club frequently. Oh, sorry, but <laughs> captain's lounge, please enjoy the buzzards roost, please. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I I was reading an interview with Farbs, the guy who made the original Captain Forever, and apparently I didn't know this. So Captain Forever, you can play online if you just search for Captain Forever. It might be CaptainForever.com. You can play it in a, in a browser for free there are apparently like six sequels to this game that you can access if you just like donate to him to allow him to continue to be an independent game developer you can just give him a donation and in doing so you will unlock access to like all these other captain forever games he's made which are called like captain successor like captain fucking procedure or like he just they're all named captain something i can't remember what they're all called um but it's a whole series of games that apparently I've heard that the kind of lore and world of these games is like crazily built out, which you'd never guess from just playing the original Captain Forever oh, for a while. This in a is web the browser. game where you where you build ships out of pieces. Oh yeah, why right? didn't I say that? This yeah, is, I don't yes. know. I've been trying to figure out. Like, I'm, sorry. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe everybody knows what this is. No, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I, I should have said that instantly. Um, it's like it's asteroids like in that you have a little ship and you rotate it around it's a top down perspective have thrusters right. that go for like you know that you uh-huh. fire but as you destroy other ships they break up into their component parts and with a mouse you click and drag those parts onto your ship so as oh, you go neat. through yeah it's really cool so as you go through this world you are constant and your ship can be blown up the same way so if people like blow up damage your ship your pieces will fly off of it uh and then you have to rebuild holy shit sorry i'm looking at an image of i'm looking at like it looks trailer. nice right yeah. yeah, that's not the original. Wow. Which one? No, that's forever for sh- remix. Oh, this is remix. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, so you can see what I mean about Jake's... the art, right? And like, yeah. there's there's two D art of like enemies that when you're near an enemy, a, like a hand drawn image of them comes up on the screen and they taunt you. And yeah, stuff. I saw one of them was like a fat spider wearing four pairs of three D glasses. People are good at shader. I mean, that sounds accurate. I don't yeah, remember I don't. that one, but that sounds <laughs> totally in the style of what this game is like. Yeah, uh, it's it's Man, really cool. This is awesome. Sorry, I just keep looking, watching the same gif of a thing exploding. And things <laughs> this is a, this is a it. game that plays that sourcing. I love screen like gif screenshots. I think it's such a cool way to market 
to market games and this game lends itself well to it yeah that's actually a really good like a little like idle thumbs hot tip if you're oh, working yeah. on a game mm-hmm. and you want to like keep people excited about your game mm-hmm. screenshots great whatever gotta have them people need them for press at this point i feel like screenshots are more useful to to that to get people to put them on their phones and stuff right than they are as like marketing, marketing. but it's not gifs yeah gifs, GIFs are, like, are where yeah. it is at mm-hmm. and people are going to complain that we're saying gifs because we're saying it right care. now it's totally fine Say, either way yeah, whatever who cares you uh, need those yifes <laughs> um so anyway captain forever is is cool this game right now is out on steam in early access which has become kind of like a loaded you know zone so you're saying it's bad and it's never going to be done <laughs> it's a bit of an albatross like, to say that you're an early ex- exactly yeah. but in this case um so as someone who never delved into the like furthest depths of the of what i now realize to be a crazy series that is captain forever to me playing captain forever remix feels just as full featured and full of a game as the original captain forever which mm-hmm. I, I could play for hours did like it's it's got that same core loop of like building up your ship, losing pieces of it, rebuilding like every once in a while, stopping, taking stock. And like one of my favorite things to do is because the way the game works is uh, it's a series of stages. And on each stage, you have to beat like a level one enemy, then a level two enemy. And like the level is populated with enemies of all different levels. Um, but you have to kill like a level eight one to get past the the eighth stage, and they get increasingly yeah. And they get <laughs> this is right insane. Now. The levels are populated with enemies of different levels. You have to kill the level eight one. Like <laughs> that is also a level designation. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, if your voice, if you ha- when Mario has to defeat level eight one inside of this meta game where you step on a Goomba <laughs> sorry, and then oh, Mario sorry, falls into world eight one. Like, <laughs> if Chris had like his had not gone through puberty and was explaining it, it would have right. been the best. Right, it would have yeah. been the most precious. So moment. that so that. <laughs> I have to kill the level eight one to get past level eight. It's like, yes, Christopher. Yes, Sorry. yes, okay. Scouten. So each stage of the game is populated with enemies. <laughs> For what it's worth, we're just making fun of you. Yeah, we know. understood. What I you completely said. followed what you said, but at the same time, I stepped back and watched that sentence, like write it out Form in my itself. brain yeah, yeah, yeah. as like a bad student motion graphics project, mm-hmm. where the word level kept popping I, up. I dragged the words together too hastily in the Captain Forever that is my my mind. Oh, okay. Um, so. The the thing about that that becomes really harrowing is that the enemies actually get pretty intense. Like, because they, like you, are just col- ships that are just big collections of, like, bulkheads and hull pieces and guns and thrusters, they're just crazy ship designs that are just, like, a 20 by 1 row of guns with, like, 40 thrusters behind them. Oh, and yeah. Like- I, so I imagine that your ship, unless you're playing specifically to do this you do not have a very aesthetically pleasing ship in um, this game you just i think have it's garbage. probably pretty i would guess this is the case for me and i would guess this is the case for most people that most people end up with a ship that is relatively symmetrical and the reason is because mass the mass distribution matters like if you have a ship oh, that okay. has like four bulkheads on the left side and two bulkheads on the right side and equally spaced thrusters on both sides it's just your gonna... ship will just skew left all the time because there's so much more mass there okay it's it's not complicated it's very intuitive it works sure. exactly like how it looks like it should mm-hmm. it's not like playing kerbal space program oh, you're, or not, you're not trying to build a besieged no, machine no, no, no. in real time it's very oh, very yeah. easy yeah, to yeah, like yeah. to understand the give and take but because of that you find yourself wanting to basically even it out i mean you can i i will often be in a situation where 
also the pieces of your ship take individual damage before they blow up. So you, you want to swap out the pieces that are getting damaged and often you're just not in an ideal situation. So like I've been in a situation where I just have a fucking L shaped Tetris piece of a ship because everything else has been destroyed. And I'm just like basically fucking like rope a doping an enemy or like trying to draw two big, strong enemies to shoot at each other. Cause they will do that. They will also mm-hmm. like blow each other up because friendly fire is a thing. Um, so that I can then like just get straight to their command module. That's the part. If you destroy their, they count as being dead. Do you have a command module on your ship? Yes. As well? And okay. if that, if that gets blown up, you lose the game. And so you What's end up the, in the like, length of a life in this game. It could be anything like you could die. I mean, it's like you keep going until you die. Right. So anywhere from five minutes to like half an hour, I guess, but, but not, it's not one of those games where you're like going on hour four with the same ship and just been, you've been people, at it. There are probably people who do. I have never, I'm certainly not in that league. It doesn't, it, it starts getting so intense, but the, the really like so the real captain forever's out there. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the gag Three of the name, captains right? Forever. <laughs> um, the thing that is like the moments that are amazing are when you yeah, get the totally, forever, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. please. Is when you when you get basically entirely destroyed except for like a command module and a gun and like a thruster, um, and and then you like slowly like pick off low level enemies and build all the way back up to a crazy fucking frigate that you then use to take down the the sort of like stage enemy. It's it's got that great sort of like comeback arc that is right. pot that you never would achieve intentionally, but like when you when you end up with it, it's really satisfying cool it's on steam it's on steam yeah it's on steam early access it's called captain forever remix and uh it's it's fun if you like i mean if you don't know if you would like it you can just play captain forever the web game and it's very similar in terms of just like core gameplay loop um also when i was when i was learning about the existence of the captain forever series which again i didn't realize was such a thing apparently um farbs the, the the guy who has made it um, he also, I mentioned this a few months ago, but he's the guy who also made ROM check fail, ROM check fail, which was sort of a freeware like phenomenon several years ago. And it's really fun. If you, have, it's like a crazy platform. That's where you're, you're inside of a retro game. And then like, it pretends to have a bunch of glitchy things happen. And then you suddenly are the protagonist of a different game right. inside of that game. Exactly. And then the level yeah. changes, but you keep the same protagonist and those sort of mm-hmm. keep jumping out of phase. Yeah. It's really clever. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, I found out that he, I guess this for like two years or maybe has been working on a crazy, like really ambitious 3d version of captain forever that he ended up renaming something else because it just started to take on a life of its own, uh, that he's also just been working on while someone else was making like a remix version of his original game. Uh, it's an interesting, this guy's an interesting Hmm. sort of life as an indie. He, he worked for Irrational Australia before he decided to just start making stuff on his own it's pretty cool so that's that captain forever remix yeah i guess actually maybe speaking of rom check fail mm-hmm. you want to talk about oh yeah that goofy thing that we played yeah, 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 yeah. Really pack a pong right pa- pack a pong yeah pa- this- <laughs> yes pack a pong <laughs> danielle's not here this week Pop so screen in danielle's absence we had to play an itchio ourselves um if uh, I don't remember the name of the person who made this. Do you? No, I can look it up as we talk. Okay, I'll be Danielle and look up the Itchio creator as we talk about this Itchio yeah. game. So there, there is a game on itch.io. It's by King Penguin. By by King Penguin called Pac-A-Pong, which is like Pac-Man and Pong. So P A C A P O N G, and it is basically a a three way hybrid 
of Pac-Man, Pong, and Space Invaders. So it's a Pac-Man board, and then on the left and right are Pong paddles. And Pac-Man will fly out of the side of the level. It's, it's a Pac-Man board as if, like, it just had the edges sawed off, so all of the all of the sort of hallways of the board spill off the two different sides. Right, and Pac-Man does not loop around. Yeah. He just flies, like he does in the real game, he just flies off the edge. And if he flies off... The edge that has your pong paddle, you loot. You. It's well, worth saying you this is a, a same screen multiplayer game. Yeah. Also. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a same screen multiplayer game. It's a two player game, and uh, you have to keep Pac Man from like flying off the board off of your side of the screen uh, by catching him with your pong paddle, right? And then shooting him back in. Yes. If he flies off your edge of the screen, you lose health. When you launch him back in, all the pellets he eats until he exits the other side of the screen become your health, but they convert to health points for you. They also turn into bullets that your paddle shoots upward at space invaders ships that yeah, are descending on you inside of the pack. So you're, you're, you know, like it's like pong where you're bouncing a ball back and forth, but the ball is a Pac-Man and he ends up inside of the maze. Uh, but inside of the Pac-Man maze, there are ghosts which kill him, but there are also, there are power pellets, which make the ghosts blink. So Pac-Man can eat the ghosts. But yeah, there are also little like hatchling space invaders in there. And if Pac-Man eats one of those, it spawns a space invader on the other person's side of the screen. So, and when Pac-Man is traversing the board yeah. in between the the pong game that's being played, yeah. you can't control him. No, no he's, he's just he's like he's sort of going turning around right, to do right like to some left. random pathfinding right. until he exit. He'll never exit your side. He will he will always exit the other he's side. He's always moving, but his route there you, is like a route. Yeah. Go up and down. And he stuff. kind of just yeah. bounces. Yeah, he sort of bounces I did around here when I was in the other room working. I heard the name Donkey Kong. Is that a spoiler? Is there a Donkey Kong in this game? It's kind of a spoiler, but it's, I mean, we're, it doesn't matter. Spoiler alert, Donkey Kong is also in this sorry, game. Sorry, I shouldn't say a Donkey Kong, not a Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kong. I would say that Donkey Kong himself. I would say that it's probably a non-infringing Donkey Kong char- a character who might remind fans Kong. of the do- yeah. Donkey Kong. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, a Donkey Kong this game appears. free, right? <laughs> Huh? It's a free, yeah, it's, free it's, it's, so, it's, it's a free itchio. Yeah, Donkey Kong like paid itchio, leaps up and throws barrels at you and damages you even more. Yeah, Donkey Kong's just the random drop. But it's although one thing that is not obvious, I think, from our discussion about this is that this game is not like they took a bunch of sprites from these games and threw them in, and they just look like a bunch of different games on top of each other. It looks like one cohesive. It's all drawn it's a in very a game. clean, homogenous. Yeah, like Donkey Kong like, is drawn in a way because the the pong paddles. They're not just rigid rectangles. They have some like stretch and and warp to them. So like everything mm-hmm. feels like a sort of two. It's all sort of like thing. nice, like tasteful flat colors, and all yeah. the lines are very it's clean. Like beveled iOS eight or something. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Clean, like it's yeah. like or like a, it's like a, it's like if you were gonna buy like a tasteful retro art print of all of these games in yes, the same image, exactly it would be that. What it would like. But then it's it's got like like you said the sort of squatch and stretch hand animation feel to it. Like the paddles do bounce around. Mm-hmm. Even the Space Invaders aliens, although they're very sprite like. If you look at the details they have, like, their limbs kind of move around a little bit, and, like, Pac-Man has some bounce to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it looked incredibly, like, well-made. It's really polished. Yeah. Like, it's, it like, is. It's, it's and also, the, another thing that, like, doesn't necessarily, isn't obvious, or what certainly wasn't obvious to me, is that it actually, like, the design really worked. I have one major complaint about the design, but other than that, it feels like it should be a gimmick like just haha, ha, like it's Pac-Man and Pong and Space Invaders. Like, uh-huh. They all feed into each other really yeah, nicely. Yeah, they all all the systems like talk to each other in a way that is satisfying. The only thing I think, Jake, you you pointed this out as well when we were playing. Um, the way the game works is there's a time limit, and when the timer runs out, whoever has lower health loses. That is fine in general. It's just that the time limit is so low 
that it always felt like the game ended before we wanted it to. I wanted, yeah, it, it there's a, a, a fair number of games, I think, where this is maybe a potential problem, but where just, you can feel the, like, sort of the, the tendrils of the potential highs and lows that an epic game of this could have right. because <laughs> it feeds into itself yeah. so well, but the game won't let you have it mm-hmm. because the timer runs out. It's like, it's like, I want to be able to actually play it until you have to die because we've never had someone run yeah, out of no health. no one's ever run out of health. So we, we don't always, even know if you can die that way. Yeah, long. and like, I, it's gotten close where someone starts taking enough of a beat down that it happens because like, if you. But at you, that point, you, the other player just wants to steamroll them. You don't want to just have a timeout. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. you'll have someone just gets a really good set of runs where they've summoned a bunch of Space Invaders aliens and they've like, eaten most of the pellets on the major pathways and the other person's just almost dead and then time runs out. Yep. You just want that satisfaction it's, of crushing them. <laughs> it's a ridiculous comparison because the timescales are, like, exponentially different. But it's it's emotionally, it's the exact same way I feel when my Civilization game ends right when I'm on the cusp of, like, actually taking over the world and like a culturally or militarily or however, but I've like fulfilled the game right. completion requirements. And so the game's just over now, but I'm like, I just want to be like a fucking superpower for a century now. And then it's over. And that's the same exact way I feel in this like 30 second round, however long it is. Yeah. Minute long round of uh, pack a pong when it ends before I want it to, man, a goofy weird jump from that is even though I haven't played it in a while now, but off world trading company, I did oh, not, wait. Before you move on to that, let me just really quick say, I think this game is on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and yeah. you can download it for free. From itch.io. So yeah, yeah from itch.io, it's called Packapong. So anyway, go on. Oh, just, now that you mentioned that, I have not ever, I did, in, in the time that I played Off-World Trading Company, I didn't ever have that experience. Oh, really? I either felt like I totally deserved to get shut down, or that I won the game by just... That's awesome. But that's in, in that game, oh, that's, oh, obviously, duh. Because in that game, the way that you win is by just completely stepping everyone else off the board. Oh, okay. Thank God. Right. <laughs> so that's like, I guess, a military victory in Civilization. Yeah, there's no way yeah. for it to just... Whereas the other the other types of victory in Civilization are always the ones that I that I like. Yep. And then, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess in Offworld, you have to buy everyone out, but the route by which you buy people out is what makes that different where you sort of out engineer them or you sort of, you know, mm-hmm. use the black market against them or right. you're just incredibly aggressive or I you really, diversify. I really have to play this game. I don't know why I haven't yet. It's, it's still, and the, the different sort of starting culture also determines the limits of your game. But like, mm-hmm. sorry, I don't, I don't mean to say that that's better or worse than the way that, that Civ does it or something, I, yeah, but I just, not, yeah. the way I, it's designed I don't think is most it's, people it's, are bothered by the thing that I am in Civ. It's not even I'm bothered by it. I'm it's so just, bothered by that in any game where I feel like, where I feel like I have the potential to really just like relish what's going on. And then the game doesn't let you, but it's not a game that's about that. Right. Like Civ isn't about withholding that feeling. Civ is about like, just like the, you know, ultimate triumph of humanity or whatever. So (laughs) when it's like, yay, good enough. Like what? (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe, but on the other side of the coin, I think a, a lot of people do play civilization to win. Whereas I don't. I, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I mean, I, I play to play well, like I don't, I don't deliberately play badly, but I like it as a simulation that just goes on, but it's not really, that's not really what it's for. Like, it's not really about just creating like a, an indefinite simulation. It is actually about winning. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. That's actually one of the reasons I like, I, you know, I've probably been playing so much, uh, cities skylines recently. I mean, 
by the way, the Civilization series is like one of my favorite series of all times. So don't get me wrong about how I feel about I it. Can't believe you hate but, yeah. Siv. <laughs> but I can't uh, believe you hate Sid Meier. I man, what a jerk! Actually, like the nicest guy in the video game industry. People say things like that about people in fields all the time. He probably is actually the nicest guy in the video game industry. It's like crazy. Um, but uh, that's I think that's why I like games like Cities Skylines so much. Um, is that you can just kind of play it and just enjoy the system and just watch it go. Man, did you, you guys saw, I know you saw that San Francisco recreation that someone made yeah, in City Skylines. Oh my God. Yeah. Someone made a one to like 1.5 to one scale San Francisco in City Skyline, recreating the entire like city grid and weird twisty mountainous like hilly sections and bizarre freeway interchanges. Uh, the horrible yeah. freeway interchanges mm-hmm. that have sort of actually eroded over time by way of the earth knocking over many of them and stuff. Yeah. So do we put them back up in any way we can figure out? How <laughs> or just ignore them. Yeah. There's no like elegant sort of uh, freeway spaghetti like you would find in Houston where like <laughs> three freeways come together. Right. Or Southern California. Like, no, yeah. in San Francisco, they literally just crash down into city streets because like, these because- four lanes should go down to one now. Why well, not? It's partly because in 1989, the freeways literally crashed into city streets. Like the reason that the, the reason that Hayes Valley is nice now and the reason that the Embarcadero yeah. is nice now is because those freeway exchanges that used to literally just be ruining those, like sitting next door to a house, like literally you yeah. look out your window and see an, an overpass, they just fell over or were deemed, yeah, or they were them. like, this is going to fall over right now. So they just killed them. But it makes getting in and out of the city a disaster. Makes the city nicer, though. Yes. <laughs> and City Skylines, San Francisco map simulates all of these things. The best is when, he showed, the best is when he, he showed his, um, his traffic... Uh, overlay in the last couple it was like a huge imager gallery and he showed his uh traffic like congestion overlay and it mapped pretty pretty yeah. cleanly to the sort of like, oh, major yeah, pinch points a disaster. In, in San yeah, everything yeah. else is just sort of eh. yeah yeah you, you get depressed by the same traffic that you do on your way home from work <laughs> you guys want to take a break yeah sure right. for you chris yeah i mean the break's fine video this episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's is an at-home razor delivery service. I guess they'll send it to your office. Send it anywhere. Send it anywhere you want. But uh, they're great. They make really high-quality razors at a very, very fair price. Um, they have a starter pack that's 15 bucks With a promo code THUMBS, you can get $5 off. So that's a whole month of shaving for 10 bucks. Shipping is always free with Harry's. You'll get a really nice like handle of uh, your chosen color has a nice weight to it. You get a bunch of blades and you get your choice of shaving cream or like a gel. Are you a Harry's customer? Yeah, I used it today. Come here. Just touch right there. Touch that cheek. Touch that. Yeah. Hey, look at that. I'm a 30 year old man. That feels like a seven year old's face. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks to Harry's. <laughs> but you can go to harrys.com. H A R R Y S.com. Use the promo code THUMBS for your first uh, starter set of Harry's. It's really great. I like it a lot. I actually put my, like, got my dad onto Harry's after he, him being a, you know, a Gillette man getting Mach 9s or whatever the fuck <laughs> for like 40 bucks a box forever. And he loves it, which is, uh, if you can get a 60-year-old man to change any habit. <laughs> Anything at you're all. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. yeah. Go to harrys.com and use the promo code THUMBS for $5 off your first order. They have a starter set for 15 bucks. You'll get it for 10 Shipping's always free. 
as long as you're a Harry's customer. Video game. Craveworthy. What is what's craveworthy, Jake? Nature box. I would describe nature box as craveworthy, and so would they. We, we crave them. We crave them. We crave their delicious snacks. To stop fucking fucking around with what we're saying here, nature box is a snack subscription service that will send you delicious things to eat in the mail. You can have them sent to your home, your office, anywhere that has a mailing address. Uh, we love them. We have been eating nature box snacks for exclusively <laughs> for every meal exclusively for a year Seven months <laughs> but you can get a free trial at naturebox.com slash thumbs they'll put together a nice pack for you send it off and you can try it for yourself that is naturebox.com slash thumbs i love them i crave them give them to me now i would say i have a yen i have a nature box yen i would say have a craving I have like a lust <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm a lust <laughs> naturebox.com slash thumbs my nature box delivery day i put on my calendar and i circle it and i call it nature boxing day <laughs> that's the day after my nature box delivery day <laughs> Video game. harry's berries <laughs> harry and sherry together shaving all the little hairs off, off of raspberries <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish? Don't you wish raspberries with the mouthfeel of blackberries? <laughs> well, Harrys and Berries, Harrys and Cherries have teamed up for Harryless Berries. Do either of you guys have any games? I did have a land. <laughs> oh, you should talk about that. What? I had a fucking land. It wasn't even a real land. It was like putting everybody in my living room with their computers and making them get on my decent That's internet. That's the closest thing you can get to a land these days. Well, do people do real lands anymore? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Jake, sure. you might Packs know that. And stuff. What? The last time I went to a land was years ago, and it was a Wi-Fi land. Yeah, but this same your, thing. yeah, but I feel like you generally know better than we do. Just like what? Like I don't internet think the, people are doing. I don't think there days. are that many lands at this point because I think that the internet is fast enough that it yeah. doesn't matter. That, that was my assumption. But yeah, like, it's amazing because we had five like, con people, lands yeah. are the only real lands that are left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. even con land, con air, <laughs> <laughs> con sea. Okay, that's that's enough of that. That's that. End so, of first so you uh, you had a Dota two land. Yeah, I mean, we had a five man team. A little charitably, wow, Dota land. two let's, you, supports land play. Didn't expect that. Uh, we did not play land. <laughs> no, I know we, it was just the internet. Yeah, but we all had really good ping out of my apartment, which is pretty cool. Um, it was nice. really fun. You guys were like, a bunch of like LPBs. Oh man, like a- LPBs! <laughs> were you were you were you like doing playing games like that when those? No, Sean, I, Sean was playing Goldmine and stuff. Probably. Yeah. What? No, I was do you know LPB and H- do you know LPB? Oh, you, HPB? you know LPB HPB? Yes. Okay. Those ring battle net bells to me. Can, like, you, just, can you do you know what they are? Do you, can you know the? This is a test if you're a fake. If you're, a, but I know what the B stands for. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Low ping bastard and high ping bastard. Yeah. Um. Well, we had good ping, decent ping, fine ping, strong ping. <laughs> I remember DPB SBP. I remember playing StarCraft back in those days, and there was a setting in the options. Maybe Sean, you know what this does? Because I never actually knew what this did. I just knew that if you didn't do it, everyone would yell at you to do it. You would set the settings from late. You would say latency low, mm-hmm. and that was a setting that as soon as you start a multiplayer game, like you press Escape or F10 or whatever the menu button was, and you go in, you go latency, and you set it to low, 
And I, to this day, I don't know what that actually Why would they support was. high latency? Exactly. I don't, there must be a reason. It, like, Is that a performance trade-off? Like, these are all, like, ringing, like, weird, like, yeah. dream bells. Reader, pl- some reader who knows this. I'm sure there's um, hundreds of readers listening That's to like, this who know what this is. God, why didn't you go to the settings to set your ping to good? Exactly. Like what? Well, I, I mean, it seems like it'd be a setting for if you if had you have, really if you high, have ping, high ping, you set it to yeah. that, and there's some sort and of it like, somehow like, interpolates things or no, it couldn't. But like, like it, it leaves something. certain information out yeah, of the I don't know. or something. That would be so strange. I don't know, yeah. man. What Fuck your the explosions on your screen might look a little different than someone else. You else's. can't chat or something. I don't know. God, everyone, turn that setting on. It just it just delays your chat. It just gets a high latency on what you. I see you just, ha ha. Like, wh- who's that? What is the most funny? I gotta say, though, uh, it, we got rolled uh, all night. It was bad. It was me, Brad Muir, uh, Nick Herman from Telltale, and a couple other friends. And uh, we just sat there getting rolled all night. And that was really weird. It was fun to be in the same room, though. Man, playing Dota in the same room is the first time I've ever done that. Did you guys bring in, like, the glass box so that no one else in the house <laughs> could Brad's, hear like, first joke was, like, man, we need to recreate the uh, the pod from TI5. Because, I mean, we're going to start practicing for that. The International 5. Yeah, TI5. That took me a second. Um, Dota tournament. This is really fun. It was really cool. to. It was also bastard. great to just, like, shit's easy now. Like, everything just fucking kind of works. So, like, we had five computers all running in my living room from the moment the last person showed up till start was, like, maybe seven to ten minutes. Like, the bigger problem was I moved my computer out of my office because I couldn't hear people good with my ears. It was fun. It was really enjoyable. We were in Szechuan from Spices 2. Really good spot. I love all the sequelized Asian oh, restaurants man. in the mission. Yeah. I, I'm what's sorry, funny the is I ordered spices too, and then one of the guys who I'd never met before who was at this land was like, oh man, spices three is in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. There's, you got Thai stick and Thai stick two. And they all you have got different King of name. Thai noodles, probably one through like 50 yeah, there's a bunch in this of those. city. Spices one is this called spices one. Yeah. Spices two is called spices two. Isn't it like a block away? <laughs> They're or very some, close. Yeah, they're but, so close. And I think, was, but uh, spices too has a, a upside down exclamation point as the I, like the <laughs> like like uh, Spanish exclamation right. point yeah. that be in the front of the word, and then it's um, spices to Szechuan trends T R E N Z. And if you go there, Brad and I went there to have like a fucking like like that's just the electric boogaloo of restaurant industry. sequel yeah. titles. We went there to have like a video game industry caucus. I guess you have to have more than two people at a caucus, but just like a meeting of like a gentleman's dinner. A tete-a-tete. A tete-a-tete, exactly. At Szechuan Trends. <laughs> and it's all purple inside. It looks like kind of like being on a Virgin America flight. And um, we were the only people in there the entire time we were there. And you were the we were there for two setters. and a half hours. And there was nothing but Nicki Minaj music videos on both <laughs> oh, TVs. Man. But apparently they do just, they make a mint in takeout. Like, Jay, uh, yeah. do so much fucking So, do you know out. what Spices 3 is called? Unclear. No. Oh, God. No. But, uh, where was I? Yeah, land was really fun. It is surprisingly oh, I had fun. One other thing, what? One other, thing, one other thing to add to just, like, because Brad is about to have a baby. So, this is Brad being like, can we please have a land? It's probably my last land ever. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do this again because I always have kids. And, uh, I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, let's just do it. But we ordered. Food from a place that we liked, which is, so we didn't do the pizza thing. 
we had like cases of LaCroix sparkling water <laughs> of different flavors and like kale chips and like low fat popcorn with like the, the, yeah, like, the like, cheddar. Yeah, like San Francisco Dadland. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Afterwards, I felt great. Like I didn't feel like, you know, like post land, like soda pizza. I want to kill myself. My body's dying mm-hmm, feeling. Mm-hmm. I felt awesome. I felt this like pleasantly happy. And like, God, there was a gamer grub flavor sexual. named after that. And I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like land, land party pizza or something like, that. yeah, but it was like, there was like, there were more adjectives, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was the only so, video game thing. I really Spices did. three uses an Arabic numeral. Spices serious? two uses two the I I Roman numeral. Right. Spices three in Oakland is the number three. Okay, yeah. so it goes spices with the exclamation point upside down is the I. At least on the sign, maybe not on Yelp. Two, then spices Roman numeral, Roman numeral two. Well, and then no, so spices three is spices regular exclamation point at the end of the word. Right. Then the number three. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but no subtitle. Recommended. No, yeah. it looks like some people also call like. Call spices three spices three Szechuan trends, but I, I don't think that's an, I don't think that's actually. I don't think that's canonical. Yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely that's like that's. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to do some reader mail? Really good. Yeah, they have mouth numbing chili. All right, hearing they you talk about that? lands makes me want to have a land. We can do one, dude, anytime. <laughs> I know. My computer's not even back in the office. I can put it anywhere. Having I'm a bunch of room. friends in a room with computers is such a weird feeling. It's, Especially, Especially now, now I mean, yeah. Because just that, my I mean, dream is I mean, to do I mean, other an than actual office, land, but... an actual area network at your parents' beach house in Pismo. Oh, that's my dream. Got to do that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <gasps> I got an idea. Okay, talk to you later about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Chris Mayer writes, "Idle Thumbs Game Jam." Dear Thumbs, I'm running a game jam on the forums, and I would love if you could help spread the word by mentioning it, uh, mentioning it on the cast. Is this that Wizard Done. Jam? Yes, Wizard Jam is running from April 10th to April 24th, and it'll be a great opportunity for people new to development to take their first shot at making a game. A bunch of experienced forum folks from different disciplines have volunteered to answer questions and help out. It seems like we'll have readers of all experience levels making stuff. The sh- theme of this jam will be podcast episode titles, so if you've been daydreaming about Dot Gobbler interactive fiction or doodling cyberpunk cop killers in your free time, now is the perfect time to bring that weird dream to life. This will be a casual- Please make the ghost in the shell. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Th- yes. Now that you've said that, there will be multiple entries, which is good. God, uh, that weird dream- Please make the great Gatling Gunsby. Like fucking episode title. God, an EA Presents jam. E- oh, the man. great Gatling Gunsby is also, please make that. Thank yeah. you. This will be a really casual, non-competitive jam with a focus on teaching new folks. So don't worry about lack of experience or feel pressured to make your magnum opus. Come hang out and have fun making something along with the community. If you're interested, drop by the forum thread to find out more. Just go to www.idlethumbs.net and search for Wizard Jam on the forums. Thanks, Chris Mayer. We should pin that. Dinosaurs on the, on the forums. Yes. Also, here's the thread. Yeah, we we uh, we definitely should. Because we have a whole game development sub-forum now, which is actually awesome. I don't know if you guys have been in there recently. It's like a really cool place. I feel like it's worth just. Oh wait, this is in the idle banter. Yeah, it is. Forum. Okay, well that's fine. Um, I don't know why that's there, but I'm sure there's a good reason. Um, so I feel a little bit indulgent talking about this for half a second, but and uh, a game jam around Idle Thumbs episode titles. It makes me think that maybe I should just mention a couple possible game concepts to people. Okay, you mean episode titles? Uh, um, I think they're one and the same now that the Wizard Jam is, is coming up. So I think that you could make um, the game you've always wanted to make, Serious Ma'am. You could make the game A Refined Baby. <laughs> Dr. DNA. Yeah. Uh, Super Pools and Ghosts. 
Shadow of Something. <laughs> Shadow of Something. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what these games would be, but I want to see someone figure it out. Yep. Are you, are you? What are you looking through right now? I'm just looking through old episode titles. You can make Kilo is here. Kilo is here. God, Kilo is here is good because that it's very evocative, but of but like could be basically anything. Yeah, for sure. You make I like the hair. That'd be a really simple game. When just pictures of haircuts show up, and you either like them or let them pass on. And you could go way one. back and make Let the Games Begin. That, that I don't know how what that even is. Someone knows. Oh. Yep. What a cool thing. I hope I hope that uh, people get into this and make some cool stuff. Kobe's last shot. Kobe's last shot is really good. That yeah. I can see that being a text like a interactive fiction, high interiority, like real Or it's just it's like a very tiny, tiny cart life where you just get like the three frame slam dunk from double dribble, but then like you sad and in the shower and it's right. over. <laughs> right. Also with the shower from Cartlight. Yeah, from Cartlight. <laughs> These sort of anguished, defeated shower Oh, guy. you could play... Except it would obviously be like the shower after the game, so it would just be like four other naked guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just the same art duped. Um, you could make the game cruising for a word that rhymes with cruising. <laughs> you could make XCOM Obama. edutainment game, by the X-com way. XCOM Obama. It's not bad. Uh, standing on the shoulders of babies. Anyway, God, oh, there's a lot of... A lot of gold in there. A Nick Brecken adventure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, just Hopefully saying. someone makes the first game in the Nick Brecken series and calls it Standing on the Shoulders of Babies. Uh, or you could make a game called Happy Dishonored Return of Nick Brecken. That's the sequel in that series, it's obviously. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm done reading our own episode titles out, but it's, yeah, yeah, I've not ever probably. thought about them in that context at all, and it's really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could make the game Free Macintosh Wears. <laughs> episode 83. Um, yeah, okay. You want to move on here? Yes. You want to keep going? Because we should move on. We should Crazy move. Crane's Deceit. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, Alex Lovett writes, uh, Hi Thumbs, I'm relatively new to the podcast and I'm happy to have discovered a video game discussion both effortlessly intelligent and, stup- and blissfully stupid. Two different... <laughs> wow, hi, <laughs> hello. Blissfully intelligent and Anyway, stupid. see the previous part a second ago when we were reading <laughs> our own episode ad- names. I think it was adverbs misplaced. <laughs> two different recent episodes have inspired me to write in with two different stories. Sorry, really quick? Yeah. The, oh, we're... Okay. The, the third and concluding game in the Nick Brecken trilogy is uh, the death of Nick Brecken. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, story one. In a recent episode, a listener wrote in to describe a childhood practice of cooperatively playing PC games with one friend controlling the mouse and the other the keyboard. In college, I had a similar experience of the 1999 Aliens vs. Predator game. Only instead of a childhood friend, friend, it was a woman from my dorm on whom I developed a painful crush. I was pretty emotionally immature at the time and never told her how I felt. She either didn't know about my covert longing or was polite enough to ignore it. I treasured every moment we spent hunched together at my desk playing the game. I was the keyboard. She was the, the mouse. It gave me a secret thrill every time our arms brushed together. Oh, man. This is an idle thumbs misconnection. Yeah. Yep. It's not, I don't know if this is a missed connection. This it's, is like an over-labored, belabored yeah, but, connection. But yeah, this we is played like, Alien vs. Predator together. I was the keyboard. You were the mouse. I know, it is yeah. a missed connection. It's yeah. a good line. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> If this if this had been at a cyber cafe, somehow I don't know what scenario would end up with you in a cyber cafe playing a game in that way with someone. You we don't met know. at the cyber cafe. They only had one computer, and we both wanted to play Alien versus Predator. I was the keyboard. You were I was the, the keyboard. You were the mouse. You then you left. Liked drinking, yeah, pina coladas and getting. The game had three separate campaigns: human, colonial, marine, predator, and alien. I don't think we ever touched the first two, but she was a fan of the alien movies, so we played through that campaign multiple times. 
We were partners, slinking together through the game's environments and striking enemies from the shadows. We could anticipate each other's every move without needing to speak. This was not the form of intimacy I desired, but I felt closer <laughs> nonetheless. Oh, this is such a, like... Well, hold on. I have advice. For, like, old, like, past versions of this For this guy's guy? college life? No. Play, this game is, like, I mean, this couldn't have been that ago. long ago. What? Ten plus years. That's not very long. Alien versus Predator. If it's the... I don't know which one he's talking about, but the first... 1999. Yeah. What you do... 16 years... They're still, they're, they're this could be friends. this could be half their life ago. They're still friends. They're she not. still knows how to get a hold of her. You gift her a copy of Alien Isolation. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what you do. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. it's, a good, it's a good move. Um, so this was not the form of intimacy I desired, but I felt close to her nonetheless. We beat that campaign on the highest difficulty setting. Still one of the few games I can say that about. It's a bittersweet memory. I eventually and belatedly matured, deleted the word friend zone from my vocabulary, and had more healthy relationships with women. I'm happily married now. Remembering (laughs) remembering this experience today, I am flooded with a strange mixture of shame and nostalgia. That's a really, I really like that story because I I feel like that is, that, even though I've definitely never had that particular, like, way of feeling that, like, that particular, like, emotion when you're at that age, when everything's, like, really heightened, and things are inflated in your brain and like you i don't know you just i feel like in that there's like a period of several years in your like late teens when everything is just like the most intense version of what it is and i can totally imagine how this guy was feeling even yep. if the circumstance was an unusual one i like that um story two i skipped the jack and daxter games in the ps2 era but when the series developer Naughty Dog went on to create some of my favorite AAA PS3 experiences with Uncharted and The Last of Us, I thought I should more deeply engage with their oof. It was for this reason that I recently... I don't know how to pronounce that word without saying it ridiculously. You got it. You're close enough. Oof. Uh, it was for this reason that I recently got around to, to picking... If you wanted to do a Idle Thumbs Game Jam named after a Dota Today episode, you call it the hoove oof. That's <laughs> true. You you can't. Is it possible to say that word like casually without sounding weird? I thought perhaps French, I should course. more deeply engage with their oove. It just you just sound like you're making something up. <laughs> right? Excuse me with their hmm? with their with their oove. Like, did something just happen to you? With their Brett Far- Favre. Uh, <laughs> it was Favre's for this. Oove. <laughs> it was for this reason that I recently got around to picking up the remastered PS3 Jack collection. I settled down on the couch to play the fr- It just now occurred to me that Jack is just the name Jack, but without a C in it. It's weird that they spelled it weird because it's just a name. It, like, it's just a name, Jack. Like Also, Dexter is not a real name. Dexter is a name. Yeah, yeah they're both just like one letter off of just normal well, That's names. why they're friends. They live in a world of regularly named people. And they decided <laughs> Only to they understand. Yeah, that's why they're together. They're, they're outcasts. He was the keyboard. Outcast. Was the they mouse. party with outcast with a K. <laughs> <laughs> and exhibit. Um, I settled down on the couch to play the first of the series, feeling like I was filling an unfortunate gap in my video game experience. I turned on Idle Thumbs and was pleasantly surprised to hear Chris talking about his experience of playing the exact same game. Great, I thought. While I play this forgotten gem, I will hear some informed commentary from a respected voice in the field of interactive media. I don't think he thought that exactly at the time. I think he's... I don't think anybody's ever thought yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. In those here, words. Here was Chris's take, and I quote, I played through the entire thing in one day, and I'm like, that was so boring. Why did I just do that? You really took the wind out of my sails, man. It turns out that Jack and Daxter didn't set my world on fire, and it's not much of an endorsement that I felt the need to multitask with a podcast while I played. But I don't understand Chris's scorn. 
The game essentially feels to me like slightly shallower version of Mario 64. That's not such a bad mod- model to follow. Cordially, Alex L. Detroit, Michigan. But here's the fucking bomb I'm going to drop, Alex. I wasn't that into Mario 64. Wow. Yeah. I wish Neither I was that. I. Whatever. Oh, Mar- really? Mario 64 is oh. fine. You were into it? Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah. Could not stop playing that game. I loved basically all the 3D Mario games that came after 64. I've talked about this before. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You guys, no, you're the same age as me, Chris. Yep. I thought this was an age thing. We're like two months apart. Yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, Jake was like, yeah. I was at Lands. In my case, I don't think it's You're playing Quake. You were like, whatever, Mario 64, baby, you'd say. Kick me me in front of my... We've talked about this a lot of times. We've talked about the... My my opinion was not informed. It was just that I was bad at it and didn't get it. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. Although those games feel really different to me. I don't know. I... It doesn't matter. I mean, Jack and Daxter, I just remember feeling so much more like flat i don't know it just it doesn't matter it's not don't need to get back into that uh let's see what else we have here uh anu pokerel writes in and says dear thumbs oh rhino update following my earlier oh, yeah. email about himalayan rhinos my dad saw this guy literally chilling out on the side of the road the other day in nepal and he has a photograph Cut of a to fucking GIF. rhino oh man he just said he, we got reader mail that's just a, a sleeping Let rhino in a picture with a far cry box next to it whoa this could be anywhere. <laughs> and that rhino, he's sleeping, Chris. I don't know, he might be dead. He looks like Danielle headshotted him with a fucking arrow. <laughs> That's true. And also, like, no you know what's really funny the... to me? What? Is that, uh, like, trees in most places, unless it's the rainforest or the redwoods, just look the same everywhere. Like, yeah. unless it's the redwoods, like a bamboo forest yeah, this or could whatever. Be... And it's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, that looks like Golden Gate Park. And then there's just a rhinoceros mm-hmm. in a puddle. Right. <laughs> that rhino's definitely hanging out in yep. real life. Yep. I still feel dumb about that. That's not okay. Thinking there were any rhinos in Nepal. What are you gonna do? I still feel like I'm getting something pulled over on me. <laughs> there's just a conspiracy. Yeah. So this Idle Thumbs reader and Ubisoft Montreal have teamed up to to minorly correct a meaningless assumption you made? I mean, it's they did. I mean, I know that's you're, a little you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I'm not going to press it any further. Gordon V-Man writes, Hi, Thumbs. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts in the video game sphere recently. <laughs> oh, what a name. Anyway. And I've noticed... Playing Half-Life was been very confusing for him. And I've, <laughs> and I've noticed that the concept of lore in a game has become a dirty word of sorts. It is. When Chris or Jake mention it, for example, their voices imply an eye roll. Has lore in a game become a synonym for self-aggrandizing on the part of the developers, or is it something more complicated than that? Thanks, Gordon. I think lore is just, like, an assumption that people think a story needs. Well, I think he wants what, you to define lore. I think, just... I think what he wants us to say is it's lore more like bore. Good job. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. I that's think the that's rule. probably what he was looking for. That's the cross stitch you should have. Uh no, I lore as defined, I think I'm not gonna say for us, but by me, is a lot of plot and character exposition. Yeah. Or backs or overburden back, backstory. backstory. That is written yeah, as yeah. backstory to support whatever world you've created to put your video game in, as opposed to letting the world tell its own story vis a vis what happens to characters and how they react. To yeah. It. And you like back, back events obviously have to exist for a story to work. But when it's just like, 
So but which is important because in the third epoch, bleh, right, yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> right. man, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same, like, real history is incredible, but history class for kids is synonymous with boring class. Right. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then your grandfather got into a giant iron bird and flew to Normandy. It's like, whatever, fuck, whatever. Look, can we, are we done? It's like, nobody cares when the stories are told like that. But if you can figure out a way to like, <clears throat> tell a story that's more present, it ends up, I think being more effective. Yeah. Also, there's just, there's part of the problem with lore is that games that, have things in them that could be described as lore. This is not intrinsically true, but very frequently they have a lot of it, like way more than could possibly be necessary to achieve the goals that it needs to achieve, like setting the sort of parameters for the world. Like, what was your face? I just, one day I'll talk in this, in this question. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't, time is now. The day has come. The sun has risen. I was going to semi inadvertently give a half defensive lore. Okay, go for it. One thing that I do enjoy in games is the sort of game that feels like it is a window into a fully realized world that uh-huh. is completely unlike the world in which I live, but is also not directed. Like, Skyrim fucking needs lore. Skyrim doesn't work without lore. You can't exist in that world at that level of detail for that long without a just disgusting buttload of lore. And it's that, that doesn't mean it's all going to be good, but that doesn't mean that you should not write it off as a mode of making a game, you know? No, I mean, but I think you need a bunch of shitty books to read through. Skyrim starts and you're just talking to another guy about like basically politics of like, mm-hmm. you're this, this has happened. You're arrested. We're fucked. Everything's bad. And then a dragon shows up and springs you. And then there's tons of lore that makes that world come to life, but you don't have to read any of it. You can just ignore it. And like you go, Oh, that's the lore over there. And it makes the world feel the way it's supposed to feel, but it's not forced down your throat in the, like, lore being forced on you in interstitials or in cutscenes or in those big like text heavy openings well elder scrolls has also done that like i think yeah. oblivion started with patrick stewart doing the exact thing you're talking about yeah i mean i was just responding to skyrim yeah, yeah. No, no, i know i know yeah, you were i'm like, just saying i'm just, just saying like, yeah the need of once you write lore to have like a very authoritative voice tell it to you at the beginning of the game is the worst no, that's true you're right <laughs> i mean yeah that that's that's totally fair i i think the way that we've been talking about it has gotten like the waters in that are muddied between what's the play experience. What's like, if you're a creator, don't make a thing that like, I know what you're, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were probably overstating it a little bit. I think it's just important to know what your, know what your game is and like try. Well, and, and I think and, no matter what to, to the last thing that Sean said, don't, if you're making a thing that requires just stuffing that stuff down someone's throat to enjoy it, you might want to reconsider. Right. The thing yeah. that's enjoyable about Skyrim, at least for me, is either the emergent storylines that emerge from emerge from crazy shit or the really specific character driven storylines mm-hmm. that are about like intrigue and like right. people stabbing each other in the back and like this this small cast of characters that are all acting yeah, as human beings. All of that stuff hangs together because they've built like Bible the size of two phone books. So, that, yeah, that it's fun that the lore sti- is the backdrop. Stitch it all. I, right, yeah. You know? A good, ex- you know, what a great example is, is like Tim has talked about in like making psychonauts writing. Tim Schafer. Yeah. Tim Schafer has talked about writing giant profiles for every kid at that camp. Mm-hmm. He made yeah. friendster profiles. Yeah. yeah. Date psychonauts. Yeah. And there's so many kids that go to that camp in the game, but that's the stuff that he needed 
to make the world feel as big as it did and feel alive and feel legitimate. That's not lore. That's, yeah, that's not in. That's, that's not like that's, that's just no. doing the work, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, no. The, yeah. the 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 closest Psychonauts has to lore is the like. This is the revered camp, and like oh, I was gonna say, the Raz sort of backstory. Well, like Psychonauts also lore. has like these, these. Well, also it has the, the great the, heroes, and everyone can become a Psychonaut, and here's all the past yeah. glory that the Psychonauts have had, and the camp has fallen on hard times. Like right. as a lot opposed of good stuff to, we wrote it, so it better be in the game. Yep, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of, I don't know something else. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is anything else. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Driggs writes religious iconography Hi, in Japanese games. Yeah, Johnny Driggs. By the way, before we read this email, we can thank him for all the amazing work he does every single week uh, to provide a great service to people who listen to Idle Thumbs. He is responsible for our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash/IdleVideos. Every single week, Johnny Driggs fully annotates every episode of the show and uploads this timestamped version to YouTube. So you can like scroll through and look at what's discussed and jump to it in the podcast. It's a really yeah. amazing tool. Um, and in fact has been used by someone else to, cr- to create thumbs DB, a, uh, is that what it's called? Thumbs DB, yeah. Thumbs DB, like a database of, uh, like timestamps and topics in idle thumbs episodes. We keep meaning to like years. host that and make it, Nice, and someone actually helped on that. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this that I haven't gotten back to you. I know that I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah, when it comes, idle videos is great. Like, let's say you just had a big argument with your friend about lore, and you wanted to talk about, like, share that part of the podcast with them. about idle thumbs lore. Yeah, you can go to idle videos, click on this episode, scroll down to the timestamp, and just send them the URL with the timestamp included, and they'll jump right to this part. Yeah, of the thumbs DB is like an interactive it. lore dump. Yeah, you can also find all the lore other dump. times we've talked about lore and create a meta lore of idle thumbs. About our opinions about lore. How Next episode, we'll start by presenting that to you on three giant tapestries. <laughs> uh, anyway, the thing he actually mm-hmm. wrote in about is totally unrelated to to this any of these topics. Oh. Um, maybe, no lore, huh? You could claim this is related to lore. He writes, Dear Thumbs, regarding your discussion of Bloodborne and its Catholic pastiche, Nick is sort of right when he said it's probably that the designers see it as another fantasy setting to adapt and remix at their whim. While this might seem an insensitive appropriation of a foreign culture, and it might well be that, it's a bit more in line with how Japanese artists use religious iconography in general. Japanese culture does not treat its own religious traditions with as much reverence when it comes to popular media. Film, television, games, and advertising use gods and figures from Shinto and Buddhism in ways that might seem crass to outsiders. In my view, it's because Japanese people more readily see religion as mythology. Japanese popular culture usually extends the same courtesy to other religions around the world. When outlandish depictions of Christianity show up in Japanese games, it's not just that Christianity seems exotic to Japanese viewers, it's that it's just sort of what you do with religion. Western viewers might be more used to seeing these kinds of depictions with dead religions like those of ancient Greece, and might be surprised that similar representations of religions that are still actively practiced. Um, one of the ultimate expressions of this is the Shin Megami Tensei games, where gods and figures from religious traditions, both living and dead, are essentially turned into Pokemon. You can summon the Shinto father of all gods, Izanagi, to cast lightning spells and have obscure biblical figures like Mel- Mel- <laughs> Melchizedek re- restore your party's HP. I should note I'm talking about general attitudes in popular culture. There are plenty of devout people in Japan who probably don't, use, don't like their gods used as villains in kids' cartoons. Keep up the good casting, Johnny Driggs. P.S. The guy who said goatees are gross is acting like a real schmuck. Some of, some of us have chins that could be stronger, don't need to be hassled. My neatly trimmed facial hair is very stylish, and I get lots of compliments from attractive men and women. Also, my wife says I look like I'm 12 without it. P.P.S. I'm sure his beard is very nice, too. Jake's beard is very nice. What? I wasn't on that episode. I thought you were the one who said 
Was I talking about beards goatees being gross? gross? Beards? I have a you beard. You said goatees are gross. You were definitely gross. the one who said You this. might have said goatees are gross. No, you, you said you said it. beards are gross and goatees are even grosser. You said that. Oh, but I have a beard. I know. You said it's all, it's all you, you have. pointed out that you were talking about you thought you you mentioned that you were included in this. Gen- I can't believe you don't remember this. You I don't remember that. anything that I ever say on this podcast. <laughs> that's if that's not known by now. Yeah. You can look at you can look up your mention on Johnny Driggs uh cataloging of Idle Thumbs episode. That's true. He, he Man, had he been like, whoever said goatees are gross, idle thumbs 103, 34 minutes, 27 right. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Hash T equals. Yeah, T equals 30M24S. <laughs> um, Let's see here. More lore emails? Um, I'm not going to. So this is this email. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it would be impossible to, to read and you'll see why in a second. But I wanted to just mention this is Tim O'Neill writes the phonetic alphabet. Hi, thumbs. Last week, Chris mentioned not being able to read IPA, International Phonetic Alphabet, and it broke my heart because you are smart, wonderful people who deserve to experience the joy of the IPA. I've included a list of the common symbols beer. used in standard American English transcriptions and brief explanations. And he this he wrote just a, an enormous email that has all the little IPA symbols that you see on like dictionaries and Wikipedia and stuff mm. explaining explanations. Um, and I was just really impressed by the effort he went to to try and educate our stupid asses about uh beer pronounce it yeah we get it it's an ipa yep good one sean i wasn't here i don't know what you guys are actually talking about um you've never seen have you ever seen the like phonetic alphabet pronunciations when you go to like oh, a so definition like of a word or something word and like, they have oh the, like an ipa the, like uh, upside down e and stuff may, yeah I yeah okay. the, those um and i mentioned that i don't know how to read those i think it's because someone wrote in an email and they included how to pronounce their name with those and, and i'm like i don't know how to do this and you're like uh, upside down emily right yeah. <laughs> uh, that's emily <laughs> anyway uh if you've read this so this is the end of his email says, if email. you've read this far down i'm flattered and i know the following things might have been said before but i feel need to mention to mention that danielle's presence has been delightful my attraction to son helped me realize i'm gay and congrats nick regards to o'neill from metro detroit um I actually read this on my own. I read this entire email on my own and it w- I was very appreciative of it. And then I realized I'm not going to remember any of it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so I've printed it out sorry, on this he... handy, uh, wrist card that I keep underneath my, <laughs> my sleeve, like a quarterback. If the characters will copy over, you should put it on the forum. Oh, that's not a bad idea. The idle forums. Yeah. Home of the wizard jam. I'm kind of into that wizard jam. If people want some 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 twine help, I might jump over there. Some unity help. Yeah, you could make a twine. You could make a twine for the. I could Wizard make a Chusatron. Yeah, we never talked about that. I should talk about that next week. Okay, if someone really write cool. in and remind Sean to talk about the Chusatron. Uh, you guys want to call this? Yes, I think we should. All right. Thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. As a reminder, we have a new podcast called The End of Mad Men, featuring the three of us discussing and Don and, and John Ham. John Hamm's Definitely on, it. on all of them. Subscribe to it. Barack Obama's on it. <laughs> they kiss. Uh, Sonic is on our podcast. <laughs> as well as three Sonic OCs will be unveiling over the course. <laughs> Mad Men themed Sonic OCs from Choice Episodes. God, the Sonic OC that's inspired by neighbor Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matthew Weiner's son. By the creepy way. Glenn, the hedgehog. Harry Crane. <laughs> The Hedgehog. I want Pete Campbell the Hedgehog. Pete Campbell the Hedgehog? Yeah. Watch him Watch him mature and go bald over the course. I know. Of... I love that he keeps going more bald. Okay. Well, that's for a different... That's a discussion right, for a different podcast. And if you want to hear more of, of it, endofmadmen.com. Dot com. Dot com.
End of madman.com. You can find all the information. Uh, Guys, thanks for having me on the podcast this week. Oh, you're welcome, Sean. Anytime. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing an Adult Club's Kickstarter with us in 2012. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. No skin <laughs> off my back. That was a lot of skin off all of our backs, as I recall. There's a lot of skin off the readers' backs. That's true. Backs. They they gave us a lot of those. Yeah. Thank you, readers, if you were among them. Uh, we have to what are we talking about? Let's stop recording this. This is terrible. Uh, if you were to cut all that lore stuff yeah. from the episode, would you call it the Lorax? Oh, my God. I would not call it that now. I would call it Lorax the Hedgehog. That's very confusing for me. I would call it Lorax <laughs> 2 Spice Trends or whatever. Citron <laughs> <laughs> <Such fun> Trends. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find us on the internet at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Please review us on iTunes if you like this podcast. Thanks for listening. You're welcome, Chris. What? What?